Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill to this very first edition of the NXT and 205 Live post-show live review for FightfulSelect.com. And guys, tonight, even if you're not a, um, a Fightful Select uh, member, even if you're not subscribed, you get to see this for free. You, isn't that amazing? I think that's incredible. And thank you very much for hopping in, for, for, for joining uh, this incredible event you know i might actually want to uh, go ahead and maybe uh tweet this out that would be awesome and look i'm on pins and needles right now because i just finished watching uh nxt and man man what a main event that we were uh lucky enough to get once again from uh from the um <laughs> the undisputed era and mustache mountain i i can barely speak we'll we'll get to that though we're going to jump uh we're going to start by going over 205 live which was last night and you know i'm going to be doing this on a weekly basis tonight is free i'm going to be doing this for uh fightfulselect.com fightful select which is fightful's premium service which offers you a ton of content on top of the stuff that Fightful.com already offers, you get all sorts of different, in, uh, a whole bunch of uh, uh, different uh, new uh, uh, exclusive, that's the word I was looking for, exclusive content, just for signing up and becoming a, uh, a member of FightfulSelect.com. You'll get extra podcasts, you get, a preview, you get uh, news before it breaks, you get little news previews as well. Um, some articles you get all sorts of great stuff. You get these this 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 review as well. Uh, you get retro reviews. I do retro reviews with uh, Sean Ross Sap uh, once a month, so that's also very exciting, guys. Guys, there's so much so much going on. I mean, it's crazy, right? <laughs> oh man. 205 Live, though, last night. We'll start with that. We're going to go right into the reviews because that's why you're here. We'll take a look at how things went down. Um, 
it was a fun show and I'll, I'm very, I'm, I'm interested. I'm thinking about how uh, 205 live is going to develop as far as, uh, as far as a brand goes over the next, uh, over the next few months and so on and so forth, because um, the, um, because, you know, they're, they're obviously putting a lot of effort into developing um uh, they're obviously doing a lot, putting a lot of effort into developing the NXT UK brand um and that's really interesting you sort of wonder where they're going with 205 live how far uh like what exactly the plan is as things keep going ahead and the way i'm starting to see it um the the, the plan for 205 live right now um seems to be like to kind of like to become the place for wrestling fans like who are really just into wrestling who want to see just some fantastic wrestling without all that many bells and whistles you know all that much we have that on nxt of course we have some great matches there but there's also a lot of character development uh the characters are much more defined there's a lot more work that's being put into it into promos and so on and so forth whereas on 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 the other side on the on the um, two hundred five live side, you don't get all that much character development. It's, it's not a knock. There's a, it, the focus is much more in ring. Characters are much uh, easier to get to understand, clearer. But then once you get into the in ring work, man, it becomes uh, it becomes crazy. I'm just gonna hit this tweet here because I need to get this out. There we go. All right, now now I'm I'm no longer distracted. I'm not that great a multitasker, to be perfectly honest. Like I was trying to get this out as I was talking, and I was distracted. You know, I, my brain doesn't work that way. I need to be focused on what I'm doing. You know, when I'm watching wrestling, you know, you, you lock the family up in a room somewhere. Like, stop it! Don't disturb me. All right, let's start with 205 Live. Uh, first match of the night was uh, Kalisto versus Tony Nese. Kalisto comes out with um, well, well, Lucha House Party. Lucha House Party starts every 205 Live, I think. You know, They come out with the noisemakers. Someone needs to explain to me why the noisemakers are considered, uh, why the noisemakers are considered to be uh, a babyface thing, because they're not. They're annoying. They're made to be annoying and... If uh, if that's what they're doing, if that's <laughs> if that's what Lucha House Party is, if they're supposed to be baby faces, they shouldn't be coming up with the noisemakers. Tony Nice comes out and he's flanked by Buddy Murphy, and they make a really good, a really really good pairing, if you ask me. Uh, you know, two really strong guys, cut guys, uh, super serious, uh, focused. I, I this is a pairing that makes sense to me. Um, so, so the match it was a it was a it was a good match. Callisto uses speed at first to dodge Nisa's offense. Um, Nisa at some point grabs Callisto by the head and throws him, but Callisto lands a handstand where he basically slows down his momentum while he's on his hands. And I thought that was really that was really cool. Uh, some great balance, and uh, it was really interesting. He goes for a slingshot. Or something. I'm not quite sure how to call it. Some kind of slingshot, but Nice, nice catches him and does a big overhead toss. After that, 
Um, we get a bit of a groundwork here from Nice afterwards. There's a, some body scissors. And, you know, body scissors, as far as a submission maneuver goes, it, does, it doesn't come across as really credible to me. I, I, you know, I don't know what uh, I don't know what you guys think. Um, but, yeah, you know, it, it doesn't come across as an extremely credible like it's more of a guard thing, right? And it doesn't doesn't seem to wear down people that much. Um, the house party annoying niece with the noisemakers. Um, he gets uh, and because he got distracted, he gets a pair of feet to the face via Callisto for his trouble. Callisto gets a, a rope grip roundhouse kick on niece, which was really cool to see. He gets a springboard corkscrew crossbody uh that nigel calls them calls the mexico city twister uh calisto tries to go for the selena del sol nice blocks and rolls calisto into a package then deadlifts him and throws him into the into the turnbuckle like a, a buckle bomb basically he's a strong man he is a powerful guy Murphy's on the outside. He's annoyed with the um, Lucha House Party and their noisemakers, and I can't say I blame him. Nice joins him on the outside. Kalisto springboards off the top rope and onto the heels. Everyone is, is laid out, but then everyone gets back up. Kalisto rolls Nice back into the ring. Murphy clocks Kalisto from behind, forcing the DQ, though. That's your match that ends there. Uh, Lucha House Party attack, but the heels get the upper hand. Lindsay Dorado dives off the apron onto the heels and the Lucha party, Lucha house party get back into the ring. They're standing tall at the end as Murphy and niece go back to lick their wounds. I thought this was a good match. I mean, it was a great, it's a great way to start uh, Lucha house, house party. Kalisto he delivers. He's always, uh, he's, uh, he's in his element here on 205 live. He delivers. Backstage, we see Drake Maverick welcoming back Noam Dar. Man, I popped huge when he appeared at the uh, NXT UK show a couple of weeks ago. I I popped. I thought that was really incredible. I like Noam Dar. I I do. <laughs> yeah. Um. So he, con- he congratulates Noam Dara on his victory last week against TJP. And lo and behold, Mr. Net Neutrality arrives and he says, things are different, but they're tough for me. You know, and they jot each other, so on and so forth. And basically just to set up a match for next week. There's no real use in talking about this all that much. Drake Maverick comes back. Uh, sorry, uh, I just uh, we were just talking about that. They roll a, a quick hype package for Hideo Itami. And that leads us into Leo Rush versus... Enhancement talent. I think it's Colin Delaney. I know his last name was Delaney. I think it was Colin. You know, Leo Rush, he he looks, he already has the part, man. He's already completely in character. He he knows exactly what he's doing, right? Uh, holy smokes. He's just completely in, in utter 100% confident position. I think it's amazing uh, how cool and controlled he is right now. Uh, and he's smiling, you know. He's got he's got that little confident, little arrogant, little little twerp you want to wring his neck. But he's so good to watch. 
That's the that's the thing. When he comes out to the ring, but Akira Tozawa then comes out after him. His music hits. He comes out. Bit of a callback from last week when Leo Rush did the exact same thing to Akira Tozawa on his match. So Akira comes around, you know, and was, you know, and they sort of acknowledge each other and. You know, Leo has this shitting grin the whole time. He's like, hey, you're there. I'm glad to see you. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, I'm glad to see you. You're walking around the ring. Oh. The bell hits, uh, but uh, Leo goes to Delaney and says, oh, hang on a second. He runs out, gets a chair for Tozawa, who's basically just standing up in front of the announce table. And he gets a chair and he says, hey, come on, man, have a seat. Sit down, my friend. <laughs> Tozawa says, Leo goes back into the ring and Tozawa says, thank you. He just kicks the chair away. You know, he's not going to fall for any of these tricks. You know what trick it was exactly. But Delaney takes advantage of the distraction to schoolboy rush. That gets a two. Uh, and this afterwards is essentially a, a, um, a squash match. Rush kicks him in the stomach, does a jumping roundhouse kick you know, display some of that momentum control that he's starting to become famous about. It's a squash. He hits his split-legged frog splash from the top rope for the win. Uh, it was a, a squash match, but that it also helped to advance the story with uh, with Tozawa as he was trying to show off for to, to Tozawa. Tozawa has the mic on the commentator table. He's standing on the commentator ta- table and he says, you're great, you're, you're good, but what have you done since you've gotten here? You know, nothing. You know, you call your own shots, but do you really want to fight me? And Leo Rush says, yeah, I'll fight you. You know, and then he asks Tazawa for the mic and they have a little exchange where Tazawa takes the mic away and he goes, no, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll do it for real this time. And then he hands it to, to Leo Rush. And when Rush comes to take it, he, he just drops it. Yeah. You know, egos. You know, there's a lot of egos in wrestling or so I've been told. You know, apparently there's a lot of ego between Roman Reigns and Bobby Lashley. Anyway, Jake Maverick comes out and he's like, no, I'm losing control of my show. What's this? Everyone calling matches for each other. I make the matches here. So guess what? Next week, Leo Rush versus Akira Tozawa. There you go. We have a recap of the um, Buddy Murphy versus Mustafa Ali match from last week, which is, uh, which is something that needs to be recapped and remembered and shoved down our throats for the rest of for the rest of eternity. That was such a good, a good match. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. There's no point in you not wanting to watch it. You can tell, and you know, you can tell WWE wants to build something here and they're really going for the word of mouth. They're really going for, you know, matches above everything else. And I think this is the signature that they're trying to give 205 Live. I'm really intrigued to see where they're going to go with this brand. We have a short promo where uh, Gulak is, ja- is uh, flanked by Jack Gallagher and uh, Spanky, Brian Kendrick. I wonder how long he's been. I wonder how long it's been since he's been since someone called him Spanky. Anyway, so basically just a short promo, uh, hyping each other up, and then we get to our main event: Cedric Alexander versus Hideo Itami. Now it's established very clearly, very quickly within the match that they don't like each other. They're in the ropes, you know, they, 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 they try to lock up. They're evenly matched, go into the ropes to break up the, the holds. Uh, they go for clean breaks, but Itami always tries to sucker punch, always tries to get one in. 
Alexander ducks or he moves out of the way or he eats it. At some point, uh, there's there's another break break call in the ropes and Alexander backs away, but it, Tommy just like strikes him right in the throat. Alexander shows off his agility early on using uh, head scissors on Tommy. Tommy's already bleeding from the mouth at this point. I think we're like three minutes in. It's ridiculous. Alexander's being very cocky. Cedric is being very cocky in this match. And is that all you got, to Tommy? Come on, man. What you doing? Is that all you got? I thought it was being a bit of a shithead. If you don't mind my saying. <laughs> no, it's true. Um, so Alexander's on the... Uh, even at some point, Alexander's on the apron. He jumps back in and Tommy connects with a big knee strike. And... Uh, and Tommy gets uh, th- this is the moment where Tommy starts becoming more in control, and and then there's one shot not too long after this where you have a Tommy, like I said, bleeding from the mouth and his big close up of his face, and and he looks he's looking down at at Cedric and he says, "Respect me," and there's blood like dripping off his teeth as he's saying it. It was that was a pretty cool visual. At Tommy's offense. Uh, is all like strong strikes, lots of kicks, methodical precision, precision, using Alexander's momentum against him. Um, there's one thing that irked me during this this sequence of uh, well, for most of the match actually, but it's this is when it's it, it it started getting to me very early on in the match is that Tommy was going for pins really really quickly and for relatively basic moves like just for a like for a knee strike and he'd go into a for he'd go into a pin combination and to be honest um it it didn't work for me and you know they they, they keep hyping or they, they i should say the commentator team kept talking about how you know tommy is this vet veteran veteran excuse me i'll use words this veteran wrestler and how he, you know, he has all this experience and I, I didn't get why, like why he kept going into these quick pin attempts so early off of such basic moves. And it, it bugged me and all throughout the match, you know, he, it'd be pin attempts, frequent pin attempts for really no reason. And I don't understand how that worked in the psychology of the match, especially for a guy like Hideo Itami. Um, Alexander at some point mounts a comeback with a big European uppercut. Hits a springboard face buster. I guess that's how you'd call it. I'm not quite sure. That's what it looked like. Maybe someone has a better definition for it. But well, we'll just call it that for now. Tommy's on the outside. And um, Cedric Alexander whiffs. Completely whiffs his Topicon Hilo. And he falls hard on the ground. That could not have felt good. I don't know how he missed it that bad or how Tommy wasn't there to catch him either or back in the ring. He hits a shining wizard off a flip and, <laughs> and they decide to replay the botched topic on Hilo topic on Hilo. I don't know why they decide to replay it. Like the first time you could be like, wow, that looked like it missed. You see it the second time you're like, no, yep, yeah, that missed. Um, Tommy hits a tornado guillotine on Alexander, hanging him off the top rope. That looked pretty savage. The guys start trading strikes again, uh, but you know now they're doing the exhaustion. They're 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 getting fatigued. 
Tommy waylays Alexander with an open hand palm strike. And man, that it just resonated that you could, uh, if you had been in the audience, you could have felt that shock right there. He hits a fisherman suplex for two, but doesn't hold the bridge pins for two and pins again, you know, Hideo, Hideo pin Tommy. Tommy tries to remove a turnbuckle pad, but uh, little Nate doesn't let him do it. Alexander jumps on the top rope, uh, jumps on the top rope to springboard, but Tommy sweeps him off, like just tosses him completely off. Alexander falls to the outside, slams into the steel steel steps, and he's sitting dazed on the ground. So then Tommy hits his running drop kick right on Alexander, right in the steel steps. That was sick. Look really good. The impact was amazing. So Cedric Alexander, after that hit, he's completely out, right? So Tommy tries to pick him up, but this guy is—he's practically unconscious. He's—he's a—he's just a sack of—he's two hundred some pounds of of meat trying to roll into the ring. I say two hundred pounds. I don't—I I don't know how much. He weighs exactly how much uh, uh, Cedric Alexander weighs, but you know what I mean. And so he he tries. Tommy tries to roll him into the ring, to the ring for the pin. Finally gets there, but only gets two because it took so long. Alexander was able to recuperate. Um. So Tommy is having. Uh, so that's it. So there's a, a huge spinning, huge spinning back fists to keep Alexander from mounting a comeback. Um, they trade a couple of rope runs. Itami uh, runs the ropes and Alexander out of nowhere hits the lumbar check. And there you go. That was your 205 live main event. Cedric Alexander retains the cruiserweight championship. And, you know, before the match, a lot of people were, were on Twitter. like, Oh, you know, there's no way this match is going to hold up to, you know, Murphy and uh, 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 Murphy and Ali last week. Well, uh, no. And, and and that's not necessarily the point either. And this is part, kind of part of the systematic problem that we have as fans, you know, at some point where it's like, oh, well, how are they going to top that? They don't need necessarily to top that. They just have to put on a great match that we're going to be entertained by. They don't need to keep escalating because if you keep escalating, what happens then? And the guys get in the ring and the only way that they can get pops is by... Uh, pulling uh, Phoenix plexes or uh, Steinerizers, uh, Steinerizers, Steinerizers, Phoenix plexes. What Dragon Lee pulled on Takahashi as a midway, as a as a midway move, not even a finishing move. That's the only. We ourselves, we have to stop trying to. We have to quit this mentality of oh, they need to top this. It's not a question of topping. It's just, look, just give us something that's really fun to watch. Give us a compelling story with great athleticism. That's all we need. This is what we got here. Is it better than what Murphy and Ali did last week? I'd argue no, but it was a great match and I'm happy to have watched it. You know, at some point, we as fans have to have that have to have a moment where we have to just take a step back, look at ourselves and go, okay, well, what do I expect from my pro wrestlers? Do I want them to go crazy and, and, and uh, take themselves out and, you know, go crazy and do all these crazy stunt moves. 
So within four years, they don't have a career anymore? Or do I want them to just have a nice, long, extended career without having to put themselves in positions where they have to drop each other on their, on their necks to make it happen? You know. So that was a 205 Live. Another good addition was very solid. You know, putting Leo Rush over in a squash match is a perfect idea. There was a great opener with um, Nice and uh, Kalisto. Again, maybe setting some seeds for some storylines there. And a fantastic main event. My only gripe about the main event really is how Itami just just got into, uh, just wanted to pin really, really bad, really, really quickly. All right. NXT now. That was just a few minutes ago. Boys and girls. Oh, my. Oh, my. That was something special, wasn't it? One thing at a time, shall we? Adam Cole versus Danny Birch was our first match of the, of the night. You know, Adam Cole and Adam Cole has the best Titan Tron in all of NXT. And you can fight me on that. I am ready to I'm ready to take you to task on that one. He's fighting Danny Birch right for the NXT North American Championship. This was set up last week, so there we go. The match is happening. We get some lockups to start. Birch and Cole trade some locks. Northern Lights suplex by Birch. Birch does a mid-air, a mid-air drop toe hold on Adam Cole. You know, Adam Cole was leap was they were running the ropes, and Adam Adam Cole was gonna leapfrog over Birch, but Birch just like stops and moves to the side and just grabs his leg and drags him down. It was it looked like it did look elegant. You know, it wasn't like a super smooth move. It, kind, it looked kind of clunky, but it was really cool. I, really, I thought it was pretty funny. Um then they eventually go to the outside. Cole sends Birch into the post. Hits a neck breaker on the outside and uh, on the outside. Birch uh, threw this one punch when they get back in the ring. Throws this one punch and it looked like it whiffed completely, you know, and, the, and he smacked himself as well. And that's embarrassing. You know, when, when, when the move doesn't connect, kind of like when Aleister Black missed his first Black Mass on Lars Sullivan at TakeOver Chicago. It, it, where it completely missed, but he still slapped his thigh. I said, oh, it's so, you feel bad. I feel bad for them. It's cringy. And I'm like, oh no, <laughs> a little, a little part of me died. It's too, it's so bad. And then was the same thing tonight with, uh, with Danny Birch. Birch battles back, hits a Thez press. Oh wait, no, before that. Uh, Cole hits. A, I want to point this out. He hits a really nice snap suplex on Cole, and uh, Cole trash talks Birch uh, quite a bit as well. You know, saying you're not in my league, you're not in my level. Hits a nice bicycle kick on him as well. Birch battles back, hits the Thez press. There we go. Some savage European uppercuts, a roundhouse kick, missile drop kick. He's he's a man possessed. Hits a nice German suplex followed by a huge clothesline and gets Cole into a crossface, but Cole sneaks out. Massive strikes by Birch on this one Um, as well. You know, he's just wailing uh, on uh, Cole mounting a comeback. Birch hits the Tower of London. Cole kicks out at two. Um, Cole mounts his comeback. 
uh, he fakes a super kick at some points. Birch puts up his guard, puts it down. Then Cole nails him with it. Gets a a neck breaker across the knee. Covers Birch, but kicks out at two. Super kick right on the jaw. Oh my, that was nasty. That was really, really nasty. Birch was on his knees and Cole just like precision hit that one. It was laser guided. Hits a suplex into a neck breaker, exposes his knee for the last shot. Adam Cole retains. Pretty good match. That was fun. It was hard hitting. Good work by both guys. Um, you know, if give them more time, give them more room to to develop, we could even get a better match than this. This was, but this was fun. This was a great opening match. We have some promos happening on the uh, on the outside, don't we? We have Candice LeRae who runs into uh, Shayna Baszler, and I got to tell you, just before we go on, you know, last week, I don't know if you recall, Candice LeRae cut a promo where she basically exercised herself from the uh, Gargano Champa angle, right? Where she said, look, you know, I love my husband, but I got to put this behind me. I've got to move on. I've got my own career to think about. And I'm like, okay, well, good. So for me, my, my thought last week was, okay, well, good. That means that this week, that means from this point on, Candice is done with the with with the feud. She's going to do her own thing. She won't be Mrs. Johnny Wrestling anymore. And I was fine with that because I kind of thought that she was being a little mismanaged. Let's put it that way. I don't think that she was being booked smartly in this angle. You know, like that time where Tommaso Ciampa threw Johnny Gargano off the apron and Johnny bumped into Candace who was on the outside and Candace fell on her back and passed out. I was like, what the hell? That's a wrestling bump that she took. Candace LeRae is a wrestler. She shouldn't be passed out because she took a bump off of someone who was falling in apron, uh, off the, the ring apron. This is stupid. They're getting medical people. And anyway, I don't want to let's not dwell on the past. I'm just happy. So I was happy when they did that promo last week. So when I saw Candace coming out and they were doing the uh, uh beat reporter on the scene uh, interview style, and I was like, Candace, Candace, we'd like to ask you a question. I'm like, oh my God. I, I was crossing my fingers and I was like, I hope this they don't ask anything about Tommaso Champ or anything. And they don't. I'm like, good. And then she runs into Shayna Baszler. I'm like, yes, okay. So we don't have to talk about Tommaso Ciampa or Johnny Gargano at all. Perfect. So to me, now it's cemented. Thank God Candice LeRae has nothing to do with uh, with the, the, the Gargano Ciampa angle anymore. And that is good news because she needs to be able, she has to, she has to be doing her own thing right now. Um, so basically that's so she runs into Shayna Baszler and she says, I heard what you said about me. <laughs> Shayna Baszler says, you're cute. <laughs> oh my. Uh, why did she stick to being a cute little sidekick and they fight? That's perfect. They start fighting with each other, get uh, t- uh, pulled apart. Fantastic. You get another promo after this. We get Dakota Kai. 
you know, who's, uh, you know, uh, who's being interviewed and said, uh, you know, Shayna Baszler had some choice words for the women's division. What do you think, uh, Dakota Kai? And she says, uh, Dakota says, ah, you know, you're going to, Shayna's going to be seeing me again some at some point because I'm going to uh, start raising my profile and getting back up, climbing the ladder in the women's division. I'll be getting another shot at the women's championship at some point. And then Lacey Evans arrives who, uh, and she's holding a purse. And Lacey Evans opens the purse. She looks inside and says, would you look at that? Nobody cares. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I, that made me chuckle. I thought that was funny. <laughs> Look at that. Nobody cares. Then she closes her, her purse. She says what the, what the, Lacey Evans says that the women's division needs. What the women division, what the women's division needs. Her words is a woman with class and sophistication. And Dakota says, how about I, cl- I kick the class off your face next week? And we we seem to have a match. Lacey Evans and Dakota Kai next week. And you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of Lacey Evans. I think she's improving. I think she's getting so much better. Um, and I like the fact that they, you know, she's, I, I also like how they've sort of transitioned her gimmick very gently. You know, from like a pinup girl to like this um, old school Americana kind of family values uh, woman, you know, but without being, you know, without being a, a, a without without it being a housewife angle, because after all, her you know her her finishing move move, move is the women's right. Um, I think it's really interesting what they're doing with her. And she's she's improving so much in the ring. It's exciting to see this, and it's exciting because she's really homegrown NXT, and this is what you know. This is one of the reasons why we why we watch NXT. It's to see these these stars grow and surprise us. I'm still waiting for Kona Reeves to do that. Ooh, ooh, that that was a little shade there, Warren. That was a, a little shade you threw there, Warren. Mm-hmm. Uh, next match we get is Vanessa Bourne versus Kyrie Sane. Vanessa Bourne comes to the ring accompanied by killer entrance music. Wow. Vanessa Bourne's entrance music is really good. They brought up, um, the, the funny story, you know, cause I, I thought about it because the, um, the commentator team brought, brought it up again. You know how Bourne was wondering why Kyrie dresses up at like a pirate. This was a promo she cut, I think two weeks ago or something. And I was watching it with, with my daughter, little Hayes, my daughter watches NXT with me, uh, religiously. And so we were watching NXT and, you know, and, and we watched Vanessa Bourne cut that promo where essentially that's what she says. She's, I don't understand why she has to dress up like a pirate. She should focus on a match. And little Hayes just sort of looks at me and she says, well, maybe if she dressed like a pirate, she'd win more often. <laughs> Cute. I like that. And it's a born as a... Wouldn't, wouldn't that be funny, though? She dresses up as a pirate and suddenly she's on a winning streak. No, it, it wouldn't be funny. That'd be terrible. But don't, we shouldn't do that. Um, Another funny thing, Percy... As as Vanessa was coming in, he said something to the effect that Van- Vanessa had said that she got 17 marriage proposals on social media just last week. Well, obviously, her DMs on Twitter aren't open. 
And she would have got a lot more than that and not necessarily marriage proposals. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. So the match starts. We get some mind games to start with. Uh, Born face slams uh, Kyrie Sane. I wrote Kane in my notes. What did I write Kane? It's not Kane. I wrote Kane. Like the, 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 the guy, the big red machine guy. Why did I do that? Need to pay attention more to my notes. But born face face slams sane. And uh but uh Sane hits a nice dragon screw leg whip. Whip, yes. Yeah, by the way, let we let we can settle that debate right now. I usually pronounce it whip, whip. Yes, it's not whip, it's whip. Sorry. You'll have to get used to that if you want to stick around. Well, you know, th- this is the kind, you know, maybe if you're, you know, maybe it's a speech impediment. Maybe it's something that I can fix eventually. Maybe with, uh, you know, subscribe to Fightful Select. And maybe, uh, you know, I'll get dictation classes. Thanks to you guys. And signing up. There could be a tear. <laughs> Harry Singh goes for a crucifix, but uh, Bourne reverses it into a Samoan drop. And she gets into uh, some, uh, gets sent into some body scissors. She does a nice twisting suplex, which was I thought was pretty nice. I don't know how effective overall it is as a move. Like I don't know how, you know, in wrestling, if you twist, it's more momentum, right? It's more damage. It hurts more because you're twisting. So, you know, probably, but legitimately, I, I doubt there's any real imp- extra impact to that. But it was cool. That was nice. Um. And um, then we get the, the then the story we start to tell in the match here is that Kari's backs uh, Kari's hurt her back, so Bourne starts working the back by tying her up, uh, tying tying Kari's hand up in the ropes. Uh, she does some stretches, some kicks. Uh, Sane eventually mounts a comeback with a flipping neck breaker. She favors the back, you know. You can tell she she's her back is hurt. You know she's been watching Matt Jackson. Cell so, is, is it Matt who has the bad back? Kayfabe? I can't remember. I think so, right? It's Matt who has the bad back. Um, I'm just being stupid. Well, maybe she has been watching Bullet Club. Who wouldn't? Um, so she's favoring the back. She nails a pair of vicious double axe handles. Like they, they those resonated. That was that was with some hard axe handles. She hits the interceptor spear, uh, the sliding D. She goes to the top rope for the insane elbow, but born counters with a headbutt. 
that's not something you see every day when someone's going up onto the top rope, but she did it. Uh, but Sane um, mounts a quick comeback, hits a spinning back fist. Bruh! I'm sure Vanessa is still, it's still ringing in her ears right now. That was savage. And Sane then ends the match with a submission move that I don't remember her doing. I don't remember seeing it before. She calls it the anchor, which is a, a reverse Boston Crab, I guess. She bridges all the way over. And you know what? It makes me very happy that Kari but and, 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 and Vanessa Bourne Taz. But it makes me very happy that that Sane is that that Sane has another finisher than the insane elbow. And not because I don't like the insane elbow. Au contraire, mon frère, I adore watching her do it. Like everyone else on the planet who's ever watched Kyrie Sane, that's what you want to see. But I I've I've talked to this with with friends and with people who are more knowledgeable uh, than I am in 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 the realm of wrestling moves and how to take them and how to protect yourself and I I've had these discussions wondering how does how do you, how does Kari protect herself while pulling the insane elbow because the she she essentially arches her entire side up as she's coming down so when she hits she she's landing straight on her body there's nothing nothing cushioning her 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 fall she's landing on her opponent i mean for me every time i see her do an insane elbow i'm like oh man she's shaving months off of her career at a time right there so i'm glad that she's she's adding this cool looking finisher to her arsenal and that will be legitimately uh, thrilled to see we'll be like oh yes 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 this is another finisher of hers sure we'd like to see the insane elbow but we don't need to see it every time kind of like when charlotte flair decided uh, there was the the there was that period where all she was doing was uh, not all she was doing but she was doing her moonsaults at every match she was doing it in, at live shows and charlotte you don't you don't have to do your moonsaults to the outside every single time you don't and it goes back to the point I was I was having just a little earlier in the show. I want I want my wrestlers to have long, successful careers. I want them to be I want them to be good. I want them to maintain. Anyway, uh, after this, uh, oh, and Curry had, uh, cuts a promo after this. She's adorable. <laughs> she's adorable she says that she's beat Shayna before at the Mae Young Classic 2017 and she says she'll do it again and again and again and Full Sail starts chanting along God you love the you have to love the Full Sail crowd they start chanting so everyone's like again 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 that was great she says I'm coming for the treasure you know Kyrie at this point since we're still in a, it's still a developmental territory. Kyrie needs to start working on her English. I don't, I, I, it's not her strong point. The promo she cut last week uh, in the interview segment, she, it was adorable. You know, and if I were to speak Japanese, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do any better and I wouldn't look half as good doing it. But man, her English needs some work, but that's fine. She, she, 
she has time. We can, we can, this can happen. Look at how good Shinsuke has gotten on main. He, he had much, he, he, his English was much poorer when he was in NXT than, than it is now to be able to cut the promos that he does. Uh, he's been improving. So I, I'm, I have complete confidence. They just have to give her mic time essentially. And dictation clashes, classes, the same dictation classes that I need to stop saying whip and saying whip, but I say whip. Maybe we can, you know, like buy a Linda account, like me and her, you know, and, and share lynda.com and share. Uh, all right, I'm going, it's going too far. <laughs> uh, matches announced for next week. A fatal four-way between Kyrie Sane, Nikki Cross, uh, 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 Candice LeRae and Bianca Belair for to determine the number one contender for the NXT Women's Championship. Uh, to be defended at TakeOver, the next TakeOver. So I guess, does that mean Nikki Cross isn't on main? Or are we just waiting out for these tapings to be done? What if Nikki, Car- what if Nikki Cross wins again? Would she do that? I'm going to be honest. It's kind of a shame that Nikki's TakeOver match is not will not be her last NXT match because it was a perfect way for her to go. It was perfect, perfect, perfect. Just falling asleep with a big smile on her face. Man, that was that was Nikki Cross encapsulated in that match. She wanted to fight, she wanted to feel something, she wanted this is what she wanted. I don't know, maybe maybe she's still going up to Maine. Because you know, maybe the tapings. I don't. I don't follow the spoilers. Like I, I, I let myself be surprised. So I don't know how far in we are in the tapings or whatnot. So maybe we're we're in a cross. We're in a moment where things are just crossing over, and maybe in a couple of weeks she'll end up on main. I don't know. But I'm kind of disappointed that her last match in NXT won't have will not have been her takeover match against Baszler. Gonna have a drink. Hey, did you know that there's vanilla Coke? In Canada, anyway. I like me some vanilla coke. Thing is, no, I'm not going to get into it. I got. I'm doing this for for Fightful Select. I have to, you know, keep things moving. This isn't my own podcast where I can just ramble off on on anything. Uh, I'm showing discipline, guys. Be happy for me. We have an Alistair Black promo. He's walking outside. Uh, a, a beat reporter <laughs> runs up to him. Says, "Hey, would you share your thoughts on your match with Tommaso Ciampa?" And Alistair starts, and he runs into Johnny Gargano. And Gargano, you know, basically Gargano says, Tom, "Tommaso Ciampa cannot be NXT champion." And Alistair's like, "Mm-hmm." He starts to walk away. He says, "No, no, you, you don't understand, Tommaso. This can't happen, Alistair." And Alistair Black's like, look, I know this is this is of personal interest to you, but that's fine. Let me worry about this. You know, you don't have to get involved, basically. And Gargano looks at him and says, Alistair, I know what I'm doing. All right. Um, and then um and then I like this, you know, the, <laughs> Nigel starts, you know, starts saying, oh, strong words from the champion, you know, Johnny Gargano, obviously still not done. And you feel like he's transitioning back to the action in the ring. 
and you feel like there he's about that that we're about to transition back into the ring and Alistair enters the building and he gets blindsided by Champa and I'm like ah and I love it when they do that shit if they, I really do cuz I buy into it and I I still get surprised every time they do like when they put the stinger with copyright stinger at the bottom of the screen at the end and then someone attacks after and I'm like ah I know this isn't supposed to happen I thought this was done I like it I'm a sucker for that I'm a mark there you go I said it. Can you deal with it? That's the other issue. <laughs> Quick word, though, about Alistair Promo. Alistair Promo. Alistair Black's Promo. <laughs> I think I'm going to go create a new character on GK18. I'm going to call him Alistair Promo. <laughs> um, remember, I love Alistair Black preface a lot of people do i'm not alone this isn't news but remember when alistair never spoke remember that remember how that was like one of the cornerstones of his awesome feud with velveteen dream last year you know how velveteen wanted him to say his name but alistair just never friggin spoke you know it's like dream it's not going to happen. He does. He barely says anything. And when he finally did pick up a mic and said Velveteen Dream, or I, I don't remember exactly what he said, and it was oh, everyone lost their minds because not only did he speak, but he he said Velveteen's name. Alistair right now is one of the guys on NXT who is most ready for prime time. He's most ready. For Maine, I I think none of us can argue on that point. But his weak spot right now are his promos. He of the top guys that they have right now on NXT, he's one of the weakest. He, and that's because of the mystique that his character had. All the time that he was silent or practically silent, where he didn't cut promos all in in and about themselves, you know. And then he started talking, and every every time he speaks, I feel like it just chips away a little bit at that that mystique that he had, that he has, I should say. But it just it just erodes because he's the way he delivers, the way he talks. It feels like I'm watching another character. It's not the same Alistair Black. You know what I'm... I, I, I hope you understand what I'm saying. It's not a knock. It's more like, um, man, I, I really want you to work on your promos, man. Because your ring work is succulent. Right now, you need to... I, I want Alistair to do better on the mic. Or... I want him to return being to being a mute and just whenever he speaks, you know, everyone shuts the hell up because, and you can hear a pin drop because it's, it never happens, you know, kind of thing. Having, having him do, you know, Alistair, Alistair, what do you think? It sort of wrecks that image that we have of Alistair Black. Anyway. Um, 
so yeah, so basically Champa blindsides him and DDTs him off a table. It was cool. Uh, adds heat to the match. Is the match is Tommaso Champa versus Alistair Black going to happen in a couple of weeks? I'd expect a swerve. I expect a swerve. I don't think it's going to happen. Or if it happens, there's no way Ciampa's winning because Gargano's going to get involved. And maybe this is going to piss off Alistair because right now Alistair doesn't, again, doesn't have a contender for for TakeOver. And that's weird. It's weird that, because, uh, you know, SummerSlam's not that far away, guys. We're like a month away, four weeks, five tops. It's not that far away. Why doesn't uh, why doesn't the champ have a clear uh, opponent at this point? He has an opponent in two weeks, Tommaso Ciampa. But after that, we don't know. It's weird. Look, I have I have faith in NXT Creative as opposed to anything else they do on Main. We'll just go ahead. I know this is going to involve Johnny Gargano in some way. And it's going to end up being another fight with Gargano and Ciampa. And is it going to be maybe a triple threat? You know, a triple threat wouldn't be a bad way to get the belt off of Alistair without having Alistair pinned. But then what do you do with Alistair if he loses the belt? I'm getting ahead of myself. All right. Mm. Our main event. Look, guys, I was expecting a banger here this evening, and we got one. If any of you had seen the amazing match that the Undisputed Era and Mustache Mountain put on at in London at Royal Albert, Albert Hall a couple of weeks ago, you knew that what we were getting into here tonight was something special. And I expected uh, Mustache Mountain to lose, but not like this. This was so amazing. And I know that in 2018, when we're going to start doing our retrospectives, we're going to talk about feud of the year, feud of the year, feud of the year in WWE. Everyone is going to talk about Gargano Ciampa. Everyone's going to talk about, um, you know, Omega Okada, right? We're going to talk about these, the, but we we must not forget this nugget of a this nugget of feud that we got between the undisputed era and 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 british strong style including gun they put on some astounding matches on nxt and during the uk tournament as well they did such a good job everyone did a fantastic job with at this and look again tonight man this was such a good match. Match of the year candidate? Warren says yes. Warren says yes. Anyways, and immediately as this match starts, um, a, a couple of notes just before we start. Didn't you find it sad that Kyle O'Reilly didn't know what to do with himself as he was coming to the ring and couldn't play air guitar on, uh, on the belt? I felt kind of bad. I was like, oh no, there's... Poor, poor little guy. We should have at least given him a replica or something, you know, maybe a, you know, a, 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 a broom, just something that he could, he, his hands could use. Uh, but that didn't last long. It didn't last long at all. 
I really dig Mustache Mountain's new NXT theme. New, I think I hadn't heard it before uh, the NXT shows. The, the, the I hadn't heard it before the UK tournament. Didn't have memory of it anyway. But I really like it. It's a good theme. It's new, right? Immediately, Full Sail goes into dueling undisputed mustache mountain chants. <laughs> they chanted. They did not stop chanting for the first seven minutes, it feels, of the, of the fight. Full Sail was into this. That was so great. And this adds to the match as a, as a television viewer. And you're like, and at some point I'm like, I'm watching the guys doing their uh, doing their chain wrestling and and we're much later on in the match and they're they're working on Trent Seven's limbs and I'm like they're still chanting. They haven't stopped. Gotta love the full sale crowd. You really do. So the match starts and Undisputed Era goes right after Mustache Mountain um, immediately. Uh, but uh, Mustache Mountain dosy does and turns the tables on Era. Uh, they slam both um, Kyle O'Reilly and Strong on each other. Bait flips off the top rope. Then they do the Trend 7 jumping, flipping senton thing where he flips off of Tyler Bates' hands. All right, that's fantastic baby face and control stuff. They even brawl outside the ring. <clears throat> and the turning point, and this is the, the most essential part of this match right here, is when Strong on the outside drops Trent Seven's knee onto the steel steps, that and that allows Undisputed Era to gain control, and gain control, oh my, oh my, did they ever gain control and maintain it. There was nothing Trent Seven or Tyler Bate could do to break what they to 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 break Strong and O'Reilly on this one. Um Kyle O'Reilly hit uh puts uh, uh puts on leg locks. Um oh yeah, I lost my place in my notes. Okay, there we go. Uh so the, the era do a, a fantastic job of keeping Trend Seven away from bait. Um they even had do the spot, you know, where He's really close to getting the tag, and Kyle O'Reilly runs to the outside, and and just as Seven is diving to get the tag, Kyle O'Reilly just whips Tyler Bate off the apron. Seven hits uh, a DDT to try to get to his partner, but uh, Kyle O'Reilly runs in and knocks Bate off the apron again. Kyle O'Reilly is putting on leg locks, and but finally, Trent Seven gets the hot tag to bait, and his knee is trash. His knee is completely trash at this point, and this is this is the main part of the story that we have to that we have to remember is that at this point, uh, Trent Seven can barely stand up. But oh my, Tyler Bate is a house of fire, isn't he? He does a huge body uh, back body drop on Strong. Strong feels like like he lifted twenty feet into the air. He does a <laughs> Maru called it a, a, a standing shooting star press, but he was running. He and he ran into it. He ran and he stopped like for a for a breath and whoop, and then did the the shooting star uh, press. That was really amazing. 
Big does um, does the airplane spin spot? He did that in uh, he did that in uh, in the UK as well, where he has. I think he it was uh, he had strong on his shoulders, and then he he lifted the legs of Kyle O'Reilly and he started spinning with both guys. I mean, we man, Tyler Bates a strong guy. He's a strong dude. He slams bait. Uh, he um, he slams. Kyle O'Reilly into the corner, hits an exploded suplex on Strong onto Kyle O'Reilly who's in the corner. They they're just it's just magic at this point. It's fantastic offense. And such great chemistry between these guys. This is what's amazing is that all four of these guys work so well together. He does a beautiful German apron, a German apron, a German suplex on Strong. What is with me tonight? Uh, he does the beautiful German on strong with a pinning bridge was gorgeous. And in the, and during this, as Tyler Bate is taking over, taking control. And it's logical that he is as well, because he's fresh. He hadn't been in the match at all at this point. Um, uh, trend seven is being looked after by medical staff. Like, Oh, okay. This is, you know, you don't, it, it's not a standard procedure, I'd say, but sure, why not? It's driving this story home. You know, Tyler Bates sort of looks over at his friend, you know, and he's like, you know, I hope he's okay. He hits the Tyler Driver 97 on strong, goes for the pin, but Kyler Riley breaks it up. Seven wants to, uh, wants to tag in. You know, at some point the medical staff goes away and he wants to tag in and Bates sort of, th- sort of reaches over and he's like, pulls his hand back and says no man you're hurt and i'm not putting you through that you're not getting back in here yeah i i had this and that was so good i was like oh my god okay this is this is great it's like bait is like no 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 you you're hurt you're injured i'm i'm taking care of this i was it was so good he gets a half Nelson backbreaker, uh, but Strong hits a half Nelson backbreaker on bait. Um, Kyle O'Reilly hits a brain buster and like a snappy tight one, right? On bait. Bait is fighting off both guys, rolls into the corner, and Trend Seven tags himself back in. Oh, okay. So this wasn't. You know, it wasn't something where he was rolling over to try and get the pin. No, no, this was more like an accident. Rolls into the corner. Kyle O'Reilly's trying to get at him. He tags himself in. Um, seven, seven starts throwing lariats left and right, but he's on a gimp leg. He can he can barely stand on it. He's chopping the guys down. Hits the seven star lariat by uh, hits the seven star lariat, which is essentially a rainmaker, right? Um, and he picks up strong into a torture rack, but he can't. He can't do it because he can't stand on both legs. How are you going to pick up a guy with only one leg? Not a smart move, Trent Seven. Chop, but I guess adrenaline, adrenaline makes you do weird things. Strong chop blocks him, and he has the strong clutch locked in. That's something I hadn't seen in a while, and I'm glad. That's that's good. I like it. I haven't. Seems to me, I can't remember when the last time uh, Roderick Strong did the strong clutch on someone. Bate comes in for the save, breaks up the hold. Kyle O'Reilly locks seven up in a heel hook, and he's trying to get to Bate, and this drags on for a while. But, but I say drag, but it was like dramatic. 
because you have basically Trent Seven, who's already his leg is already toast. It's already uh, in shambles. And you have Kyle O'Reilly snapping these heel hooks. And man, Kyle O'Reilly can make can apply can make the the application of a lock look so convincing and sharp and crisp. Damn, this boy's good. Like he'd slap those on. I was like, man, all right, he's gonna tear his leg off. That's that's how good it looked. Kyler Riley makes sure, you know, it's Trent is trying to get to bait, but he drags him to the middle of the ring. They they start striking each other. Trent Seven is doing everything he can. He's striking, kicking. Eventually, Kyle O'Reilly releases the hold. But Kyle O'Reilly comes back and hits a double knee bar on Trent Seven. And at this point, nobody understands how Seven hasn't tapped out yet. Full sale is going nuts. Tyler Bate is going crazy. And this goes on for a while. The drama is there. And Tyler Bate grabs his towel, you know, the one that he comes in, and he's he's hesitant because he sees his friend is, is in pain and he's not tapping out. What does he do? He throws the towel in. The match is over. Undisputed Era are your new NXT Tag Team Championships. Championship champions. Championship owners. Colin Bobby Fish come out to celebrate at the top of the ramp with the the boys. It, it's nice to see them have all the gold back. I was expecting this. I didn't wasn't expecting uh, Mustache Mountain to hold on to the gold for very long past the UK tournament because uh, I think the point was just to help establish these stars more in in our North American minds, which I think they were successful in doing. But they're obviously going to be big names on the UK brand and they can get all the titles there as well. But holy hell, what a match. What beautiful, magical storytelling here. Flawless, absolutely flawless storytelling here. And this is probably wrapping up the British Strong Style Undisputed Era feud. I'd, I'd be okay for them to, cripes, let them fight for the next decade amongst each other. I'd be fine with that. But no, I, I, we do need to move on. Undisputed Era needs to move on and uh, we need to recenter the uh, the tag team division, get them back involved into the title picture because they are the champs. But man, what an... Look, if you're just listening to the review now and you haven't watched NXT yet, look, drop everything. Go on the network. You got to watch this. This is this is a match of the year for me. It's it's going to be in it's going to be in there. That was it this was something special. It was so so damn good. And the ending made sense. Everything worked. Everything clicked. Thank God for 205 Live and NXT for our WWE palate cleansers. Mm. It was so good. I just like that sip of Coke. Vanilla Coke. Guys, thank you so very much for dropping in. This, this is how we're going to wrap up our my very first uh, 205 Live NXT combo review. 
205 Live NXT combo. You know, it's, you come in here. It's it's exactly like when you go to a combination KFC and Pizza Hut. You come for you come for one, you come for the or the other. But man, you can have both. You can choose to just have the chicken. You can choose to just have the pizza, or you can have chicken and pizza. Man, that's this is the beauty of what we're doing here at FiveFullSelect.com. This first episode, this was the first episode here, and it was free. It was free to, to, so that we can get to know each other, create a, a rapport, so that we, 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 we become familiar with each other. Because starting next week, this is going to be exclusive for FightfulSelect.com members. Members only. So if you want to see more of my NXT 205 Live reviews, well, you have to, you have to join up. You have to sign up and subscribe to Fightful Select. What do you get for Fightful Select? Oh, man, I am so glad you asked. You get all sorts of extra content. Not only do you get all the existing content on that's available on Fightful.com, all the great news, articles, scoops. There's lots of scoops. You get all of that. But then you also get a whole bunch of supplemental content. It's not gated content. It's just more content. You get a whole bunch of other podcasts. You get the Weekender podcast, which Sean Ross Sapp uh, hosts. Uh, you get uh, you get interviews. You get uh, dark match uh, commentary. Um, Sean uh, Sean is is an experienced and very good match caller. He can he he finds a dark match and he just adds commentary. A dark match that happened in an arena somewhere. And he adds commentary on top of it. Uh, we got interviews. There's also, you, you also get news releases, you know, sometimes some news, some special news scoops that Sean has. Well, he'll post them to members first so that we, for instance, we can find out before everyone else that Brock Lesnar is going is gonna to show up at UFC, that he's in the uh, USDA testing pool. We knew that before everyone else did. Why? Because we're members of FightfulSelect.com. So join FightfulSelect.com. It's not expensive. And you'll be supporting one of the best uh, combat sports news sites out there. So please go ahead and do that. And then you can support me, Mr. Warren Hayes, because I do things for Fightful. But I do things also on my side as well. You can follow me on Twitter. Mr. Warren Hayes. That's that's where you want to go. And I do my own reviews. I do Ron Smackdown reviews. I also do uh I also do previews. I do a whole bunch of stuff. You know, like I'll be doing tomorrow I'll be doing my uh my predictions for uh, uh uh extreme rules. And next week, starting next week, you know what I'm doing also for fightfulselect.com? I will be covering, I'll be doing weekly wrap-ups of the uh, G1 Climax. Man, G1 season, it's upon us. It's going to be exciting. I hope you so I hope you guys sign up to Fightful Select so that you can get access to all that content. Follow me on Mr uh, on uh, on Twitter at Mr Warren Hayes so that you can you can dive into my brain uh, and and you can ask me questions, you can tell me stuff, you can tell me that you disagree with me and I can tell you that I agree that you disagree with me. We can have a great time like that. This was a lot of fun and I hope we continue having fun uh together on fightfulselect.com so go ahead subscribe man what do you got to lose <laughs> my name is mr warren hayes ladies and gentlemen thank you very much for being here and i'll see you next time
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.